0: Hello and welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green and joining me to talk about a great round three of BCL action out in Germany is Dave Hine. Dave, how's it going, man?
1: Fantastic. Another another week of exciting games, a couple upsets. And uh, yeah, can't wait to uh, talk about it, hear, hear what your insight is and, uh, and give the listeners uh, who may not have watched the games uh, a little bit of a rundown.
0: Yeah, and we got a really good episode for you this week. Javi Bayron from 2017 BCL Champions Tenerife will join us later. He joins us to talk about Tenerife's 3-0 and start and their championship aspirations. Uh, they've been one of the most impressive teams to start the season. They're 3-0, and and they've won all three of their games by at least 17 points. So we talked to Javi. Uh, before we get to that, Dave and I will break down some of the games of the week and look at some of the top performers. So Dave, let's take a look at the team of the week. Simas Yosaitis earned a spot this week with a big performance in a 97-86 win for Litkabelis, going up against Nimberg, The 36-year-old Lithuanian had 21 points, 7 of 7 from the field, including 5 of 5 from the three-point line. Jashan Tate, he had 24 points, 5 of 7 from the three-point line in Antwerp's win over Hapoel Jerusalem. Tim Abramidus from Tenerife, he had 23 points and 6 rebounds. Yusafa fall from Strasbourg the big seven foot three Center making his Bcl debut uh in this game he finished with 17 points ten rebounds five of five from the free- throw line and Dave the MVP of the week is a uh, familiar face huh
1: yeah Nor- Norris Cole um, <laughs> two uh, two MVPs in, in 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 the space of three weeks um, and another huge game uh is evelino uh, I'm sure
0: evelino fans um are having uh, some some pretty
1: high blood pressure during their games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Another close win for Avellino this week as they beat Anvil 105-102 to in overtime in Italy. Uh, we'll talk about that game again here in a second. Before we get into the games this week, uh, we just want to mention some great stuff on the website, championsleague.basketball. Check that out for a lot of great analysis, uh, recaps, writing, everything uh, to cover the BCL, we got Igor Jurkovic's help side column. This week, he wrote about his love for Italian basketball. Uh, there's also 10 takeaways from week three, and you can go listen to last week's podcast featuring Jordan Morgan from Banvit. So, Dave, uh, without further ado, let's get into uh, Group A. Comes off one screen, kicks out, Nichols back. Norris Cole deep, deep, three, three is up. Norris it's Cole. He is on fire. Six, three of the night. Before we break down the Group A games, let's take a look at the standings. At the top, we've got two undefeated teams with Ukan Murcia and Avellino, both at 3 0. Then in third place, Banvit are 2 and 1. Fourth place, Anvil, they share a 1 and 2 record with Nizhny, Vinspils, and Lamon. And then in last place, MHP Reason Ludwigsburg have yet to get a win. They are 0 3. Dave, looking at Group A, uh, what jumps out to you from the standings after three weeks?
1: I would say, you know, first and foremost, I would say Ludwigsburg being bottom uh at at 3 and 0, you know, two-time quarterfinalists, you know, reached the final four last year. We talked about uh with coach Patrick having an entirely new team. Uh but, you know, Mer- uh, Murcia and Avellino, you know, playing really good basketball and uh yeah, I, I think, you know, that those two probably two probably the two best teams in that group uh, at the top and um yeah, so Pretty, pretty. Other than other other than Ludwigsburg struggling, you know, I think you know, probably people would have said, you know, Banvit two two and one. I think it would have you said, yeah, it's not too not too far off what people were thinking.
0: For sure. And at the top, Avellino looked great in another overtime thriller as they took down Anvil 105 to 102. Norris Cole, we mentioned his second MVP award in three weeks. He was absolutely dominant. He scored 27 of his 33 points in the first three quarters. Uh, in the fourth quarter in overtime, he went a little bit cold, but I think that, uh, the fact that Avellino were able to get a win speaks to their depth. Um, when, when Cole and Kiefer Sykes went cold in the fourth quarter in overtime, Demetrius Nichols stepped up with some huge putbacks, some great rebounds. He hit a clutch three in overtime. Matt Costello also made some great plays around the rim, some tip-ins, some dunks in transition. Um, so I, th- I think the, the win overall for Avellino should be encouraging because their stars, uh, like, like Cole, he was able to carry them for a little while. But once he cooled off, other guys were able to step up and, and help Avellino get the win. Uh, Dave, what did you think about this one? Did you see this game?
1: I, I mean, 29 lead changes, back and forth, back and forth, nine points, the biggest lead for Avellino. And, and, and really, Anvil fans probably can be disappointed that they didn't win the game. If any of three guys don't box out uh, or, or are able to box out Nicholas, who goes up and crashes the board with the putback uh, on Coles miss uh, late. Um and but then again, Anvil fans should be uh, you know or actually Avelino fans should be totally disappointed that uh, that they didn't that they had to go to overtime, uh with that just uh, absolutely surreal uh, uh, inbounds uh, that that uh, that they gave up to go to overtime. But then Costello, like you talked about, the depth, you know, um, Co- you know Costello with the two huge baskets and and that was uh, that was enough. Uh, down the stretch so yeah a thrilling thrilling game you know anytime you have a game going back and forth back and forth 29 lead changes you know you just it's one of those ones you just and to go to overtime it's just one of the ones that you you could actually again watch rewatch it if even if you know what happens
0: yeah it was a super entertaining game overall some great shot making on both sides Um, I get what you mean about Avellino. Like, I'm, I'm sure they would have liked to win in regulation. Uh, but at the same time, when we had Norris Cole on the podcast a couple weeks ago, he was talking about how these tough early season games are, are really helpful later in the season, uh, when it gets to playoff time. Uh, you know, this is a team with final four and championship aspirations. So, um, you know, while it would have been nice to wrap up this game in regulation, obviously, um, I think in the long run, these experiences will help them because, you know, hopefully they'll be able to learn from their mistakes, that alley-oop that they gave up the, that sent the game to overtime. Hopefully they'll learn from that mistake and be better for it going forward. Absolutely
1: agree. Absolutely agree. This, this will help them for sure
0: looking at the other undefeated team in the group Uka Morsia from Spain Uh, they beat Nizhny on the road 72-51 to in Russia. This was an ugly low scoring game. Um, Unfortunately Nizhny were without Kendrick Perry for most of the game. Uh, He got hurt after about 9 minutes and was unable to return. Uh, And without him they they just really struggled to keep up with this Morsia team. In the second half uh, after a really low scoring first half, Morsia kind of blew it open in the second half. Uh, Alex Ritas and hit a three-pointer. Ovi Soko started the fourth quarter with a long-range jump shot, and that kind of opened up the floodgates. Suddenly Milton Doyle got hot. Uh, he hit three three-pointers, I think, in the fourth quarter. Um, and w- within a very short span, too. So he hit a couple threes, extended Morcia's lead to 18. Um, and by that point it was it was over. Doyle finished with 18 points. Uh, Soko had 14. Charlene Kloof chipped in 13, and Kevin Tumba had a double double with 11 points and 10 rebounds. Dave, what stood out to you from this game?
1: I want to say more um, about Nizhny. I know I've talked about Nizhny quite. a... Uh, you know, they've 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 uh, become a team that I really enjoy watching. Uh, you know, Dragic also didn't play Vladimir. Uh, you know, so you take away, basically take away their top two scores, Perry, you know, they, sh- they, sh- they shot only, th- you know, they shot less than 35% and they had a lot of open looks, especially those first three quarters. And when they were trying to stay in it uh, and you, and you have to think if Perry's there, the defender that, you know, that was able to go and help on the shooter um, and, and, you know, distract him that little bit, you know, he wouldn't have been able to go over because he has to stay on Perry or he has to go to Dragosavich. So, um, I, I, I think it, it, it really speaks to what this team, maybe the lack of depth that Nizhny is as good as that, maybe that top rotation is, um, but maybe what, uh, what they were missing, twenty-one turnovers. That's not going to happen usually. I don't think with a team that Perry's running all, the whole, the whole day, and, and then you know you mentioned the late three, the, the third quarter, uh, three-pointer from Urtasan they, they, uh, uh, Mercia hit six of their first nine three pointers in the fourth quarter. Doyle had four in the fourth quarter alone. And, and that was it. You know, I, I knew the result of this and I was just trying, I was, I wanted to see how this team played without Perry and, you know, guys like Odom, uh, you know, they, they tried as much as they could, but once those three, three pointers were fallen, then it was, then it was totally game over. So, I don't. I didn't look. I didn't have a chance to see what the what the what the diagnosis of of uh, Perry's injury was. It was a back thing. It looked like a back thing when he came down on the layup. So, and I don't know what Dragicovich is. What his what his injury status is. So, but but you know, looking forward, those teams, those guys, are they have to come back if this team has a has a has a chance to to do much damage.
0: Yeah, for sure. Nisni just don't have enough depth to withstand injuries uh, to those guys at the top, uh, especially against a really good team like Morsia. And Morsia in this game, they got a ton of offensive rebounds. They were missing a lot of easy looks early in the game, uh, but they just kept getting offensive rebounds, kicking it out to shooters, and eventually those open shots started to fall, and that was ultimately the difference. Looking ahead to next week, we'll talk about this a little bit more at the end of the show, but only one of these two teams will remain undefeated as Avellino travel to Spain to take on Morsia in a matchup of 3-0 and o teams. Uh, Dave, that's going to be an epic one next week.
1: For sure, for
0: sure. All right, moving on to the third-place team in this group, Banvit lost their first game of the BCL season, dropping to 2-1 and one. After an 86-80 defeat on the road at Venspiels in Latvia, our apologies to Jordan Morgan for the uh, BCL podcast curse. Jordan joined us on the show last week, and uh, he's a super interesting guy, so go back and and listen to that. He's also the only guy in the BCL this season who's in the top five in both scoring and rebounding. He's averaging 20 points and nine rebounds per game, but unfortunately for Banvit, Jordan wasn't able to lead them to another win this week. Dave, uh, what did you think about? this game and, and what did you see from Banvid in their first loss of the season
1: you know I I, I hadn't per- personally seen much of uh, Jonathan Arledge um, a DC kid who who went to uh, George Mason and Old Dominion um, and was in Switzerland for his first year of professional basketball and then in the Italian second division for two years before coming to Ventspiels and you know he had a great game 16 points 6 rebounds 4 blocks Uh, Big basket late in the game as well, Um, so I think this is a this is a this is a a youngster who's who who I think we need to watch out for. He really played a great game. Uh, Rihards Lomas, uh, a young uh, a young uh, Latvian, uh, had had another big game as well. Sixteen points, uh, three assists. You know the one thing that 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 you you really want to say about Bandit is them coming back again. They were down by fourteen late late in the third, um, and then made it a three point game with uh, I think ten seconds left. And then, you know, kids are kids, and they're going to make mistakes, and you have to live with that. And that's something that this Bandit team, um, is is going to deal with. Um, when you had Hazer um, try to bat the ball away. On the inbounds, and that's a technical foul, and uh, and then Lomas goes and hits the, hits the free throw, and that basically decided. You know, last week we talked about how how great those kids, Hazar and Atar, were. were last week they scored twenty four points. Uh, they combined for twenty four. This week they only had eight in twenty six minutes combined. So that's at Banvit. And then we talked about last week; those kids are going to have to produce in order for them to win. And uh, when when you we know when you don't get as much production and then you get sort of the mental error of trying to bat the ball away, you know, it's 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 tough to overcome those things. But con, but but congrats to to Venspias because, uh, you know, they would afford, they had a 14 point lead and then able to hold off uh, uh, bandwidth uh, and, and grab their grab their first uh, first win in the group.
0: Yeah, congrats to Vinspiel's. and this is a big win because the middle of this group is is pretty open. You know, obviously at the top, Morsia, Avellino, uh, those two teams in terms of quality just look miles ahead of everybody else right now. Uh, but in the middle, there's room there uh, for one of these teams to kind of sneak into that fourth spot. You know, we said there's a few teams at one and two, Nizhny, Venspiels, Le Mans, etc. So a good opportunity for Venspiels, uh, big win beating Banvit at home. Looking at the last game in this group, Lamont picking up their first win of the season, beating MHP Reason Ludwigsburg 64 to 54. Uh Dave, what's up with John Patrick's crew out there in in uh in Ludwigsburg?
1: I I I think it's I think there's a certain level of just not knowing um everybody yet, you know, um with so many changes and and I think Patrick's also still trying to find out what he's got um you know he he they've lost a couple of games in the in the uh in the BBL now as well um you know they only allowed 64 points on the road um but you know you lose by 10 you know you and and you only you only make the, you only, you hold them to 38% shooting but then you you um you shoot only thirty percent yourself and 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 also you look at I think probably one of the most telling numbers was eighteen turnovers and sixteen points out of those turnovers for um for Lamont so uh, he's got a lot of work to do there's still loads and loads and loads of basketball obviously um you know we're only three games into um, a into the regular season so there's still plenty of time to to right the ship um it's a road game so you can quote you're allowed to uh lose road games but uh you know there are positives to take out of this game you know like i said you know not not you know the defense you can say you know working i think the offense needs to figure out a way to to start clicking i think what do you think
0: yeah, just way too many turnovers from Ludwigsburg. Uh, that's been a problem throughout the early part of the season. And then also LeMan uh, led the BCL with six blocks this week. So even when Ludwigsburg were able to hang onto the ball and get a shot attempt up, uh, they, they were getting swatted. So a lot of offensive problems, uh, for Ludwigsburg this week. Um, really quick, th- that fourth quarter, I forgot to,
1: I forgot to, to mention this. They, the fourth quarter, they had, 7 to Ludwigsburg. 7 turnovers and we're 0 of 7 uh from three point range. You can't win if you don't produce at the end of games and you know they were leading by 5 um they were leading by 5 in the fourth in the third quarter but then like a fourth quarter like that. You know, you just can't win games like that.
0: For sure and while it still is only October the clock is ticking on Ludwigsburg. We've played three of the fourteen games uh, for the regular season, and if you assume that you need at least a seven and seven record to get into the playoffs, Ludwigsburg have to go seven and four throughout the rest of the regular season, and uh, that's going to be a tall task to say the least.
2: Bravo for two.
0: Oh, rolls out. Another rebound goes right as right. There, Mitchell What with the pump back dunk. And it's going to be a third successive win for Umana Raya Venezia. Moving on to Group B, that screaming man you just heard was Mitchell Watt, one of the stars of Umana Raya Venezia. He has them at 3-0 and on top of this group, along with 3-0 Tenerife. Behind them, Hapoel Halone and their explosive offense are two and one. And then we've got Opava, Nanter, Fribourg, and Bonn all at one and two, and in last place in the group, Pauk, O and three. Dave, any surprises from group B after three weeks? Same group dynamic as as
1: group A, where you have two three and O's, and then you have one, two and one, and then four two one and twos and, and an O and three. Interesting. Um any uh, maybe Palk 0-3. I thought, you know, with, with, with some of the teams in that group that maybe they would be able to, um, to, to have grabbed the victory by now. Um, but, uh, you know, otherwise, you know, I think clearly the top two teams are, are Tenerife and, 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 and So, um, other than that, you know, it's basically you know it's cool that freiburg got a victory already it's cool that a uh, have a victory already so no, i think it's probably you know what 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 most people probably would have expected other than pulk would wouldn't you agree with that one
0: yeah, I think Pauk being 0-3 is probably the most surprising thing from this group. Uh Looking at the top, we all knew Tenerife were going to be great. And of course, they're killing it. As I said in the intro, they're 3-0. and They've won all three of their games by at least 17 points. They lead the BCL with 27 assists per game. I think they had uh 33 versus Fribourg this week. So they're obviously playing great. And they face an incredible test next week when they go on the road at Venezia, another matchup of 3-0 and teams. That game is going to be awesome uh, because this Venezia team is very dangerous. They got a lot of weapons. Austin Day, he was the round two MVP. Uh Mitchell Watt has been great inside. And they've been number one in our power rankings on the BCL website. Uh, throughout the early part of this season because they're undefeated in both the Italian league and the BCL. So that's going to be an awesome game uh, next week. Dave, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on this Venezia team? And did you catch any of their uh, game against Opava, which was a 90 to 72 win on the road?
1: Um, I didn't really, I didn't really watch too much of this. I kind of just went back and, and checked out the, the, the first quarter a little bit and, you know, you know, just one of the guys on this team, really, uh, you know, Marcus Haynes, it just shows that how, you know, that that these guys can just take over a game. You know, he in in uh, in the span of two minutes, he had three threes. Um, he had three assists early on and then hit four threes in a row uh, for 12 points and three, uh, 12 points and three assists in, in the first whatever it was, seven, eight minutes before he went to the bench. And it was and the game was over you know they were never challenged they had um, you know 20 of 29 free throws just two of seven for Opava you know 46 32 uh, rebounding advantage um, and you know the closest it got was 13 points in the fourth quarter it was just um, you know pure pure dominance by uh by you know you know definitely a, a championship caliber team as, as as we mentioned in the you mentioned in with the power rankings
0: yeah, another impressive performance for Venezia and probably an outcome that didn't really surprise anybody. Um, you know, Opava playing at home. Obviously, you always have a chance in that scenario, but, uh, Venezia just too much depth, too much firepower at the top of the roster. So I think probably no surprise that they got the big win on the road. Looking elsewhere in this group, Hapoel Halone and their explosive offense weren't quite as explosive this week, but they still got the win at Pauk. This is a really fun Halon team. Khalif Wyatt—he's second in the BCL in scoring right now with twenty-three points per game. That's only behind Norris Cole. Uh, Dave, uh, what were your thoughts on this one? And in uh, the Israeli team picking up another win.
1: This was another tight one, and um, you know, you you thought uh, maybe Pauk could pull it out, um, but you know, they had two turnovers in the in the in the final in the uh, final. 35 seconds, uh, Atkins and Wyatt coming up with big steals. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just, you know, you have to, you have, you have to tip your hat to, to Halon for, for, for pulling out the home victory. You know, Phil Goss had a big game with 23 points and five and five rebounds for, for Pauk, but just wasn't enough. Um, yeah, the end of the, it, it shows the, the, the quality of, of alone to, to grab a home victory against, to call him desperate is, is, is a little too much right now. Like we mentioned, you know, Pauk, uh, you know, being, uh, 0 and 3, um, you know, trying to grab that first victory. Uh, but to hold on for a victory and then go to 2 and 1 in the group, you know, uh, good, good for them.
0: Yeah, and the last game of the group Nanterre picked up their first win with a blowout win on the road beating Bonn 81 to 57. Uh Dave, what happened here?
1: You know, you thought that um you thought that uh Ludwigsburg was bad in the fourth quarter. Wait for this one. Final 9 minutes, Bonn 0 for 12 from the field including 0 of 7 from three-point range and seven turnovers. They had Oof. four free throws um uh f- oh, five um, it was a twenty-eight to five finish. Montereau uh, so Bond was up by twelve in the uh, in the first quarter. It was a three-point. It was a four-point game late in the third, and at forty-eight forty-nine, Nanterre took their first lead of the BCL season. They didn't lead in their first two games. They gave it up and they took it right back, and then never, uh, and never, never let go. And 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 you know, just an absolute nightmare performance by Bond in the fourth quarter. Nothing would fall, uh, and and turnovers left and right. And um, yeah, you know, Waters and and Senglin both with with twenty points. Uh, Gamble against his old team, uh, six and nine, uh, nine rebounds. So, uh, congrats to Nan- Nanterre. You know, to come in and and to have never led and then, you know, fight back, take the lead, give it right back up, but then to take it and then just run away with the fourth quarter was um, really ugly basketball by two German teams this week (laughs) in the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, Nantair led all BCL teams this week with 23 points off turnovers. So they were able to punish those bond mistakes, get the win and move to one and two on the season.
2: Harrisley. Spins away from Black for a second, but he's right back for more.
0: Bounce pass, and back over the dunk! Oh, what a play, and what a reaction! Antwerp, Giants, loving it! All right, moving on to Group C. Only one undefeated team left in this one. That's Montekit, Fuane Labrada from Spain at 3-0. Behind them, Hapwell, Jerusalem are 2-1. Same for Telenet, Giants, Antwerp, and Ike, Athens. They are also at 2-1. In fifth place, Broza Bomberg, 1-2. Dijon and Lead Cabellus also one and two, just barely behind them in the standings on point differential, and Nemburg bringing up the rear at 0 and three. Dave, what are your thoughts on Group C?
1: I tell you what, man, this 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 is going to be a fun group um, because you look at you know three and zero, and then two two teams, uh, three teams at two and one, and then you have Bamberg, who are probably disappointed being one and two, and you know the other two teams at one and two, um, they're going to probably be fighting to get into. The top four spots to to then move into the playoffs. It's a fun group, man, and and um, you know we're gonna start. You know, I wonder we've seen some separations in some of the other groups. Um, where I don't, it, it's gonna take at least another two three weeks before we see any separations. I think in this one.
0: Yeah, no doubt. This is a fun and balanced group. A lot of really cool teams in this one. Antwerp versus Jerusalem was just a ridiculously fun game. Uh, I mentioned it on the podcast last week. I said if you like offense... Make sure you check out this game and it did not disappoint. Antwerp got the win beating Jerusalem 101 to 89. Jashan Tate was excellent as I mentioned earlier. He made the team of the week with 24 points. Paris Lee and Victor Sanders were phenomenal in the second half. They absolutely absolutely took over. Great dribble penetration, uh, kickouts to open shooters. Ismail Bako did a great job in the paint. Uh, Hans Vanwin made some big plays. So a great win for this Antwerp team uh, against a really dangerous uh, Jerusalem side. And for Hapoel Jerusalem, you know basically they just couldn't get enough stops. Uh, obviously, if you give up 101 points in regulation, defense was probably the issue. And um, you know this is this is a great team offensively with uh, Tamir Blatt a lot of really good athletes, uh, who can finish on the end of his great alley passes, but defensively, probably some issues here, uh, and Antwerp were able to expose that. Dave, what did you think about this big time win for the Belgian club?
1: I only caught the second half. Um, I noticed that it was going to be, a, a you know, that it was kind of back and forth and stuff. And, but, uh, you look that, you know, obviously, um, Jerusalem had, you know, missed, uh, Jacobin Brown only played four, only played four minutes. Um you you mentioned the 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 drive and kick I mean Paris Lee I, I love watching this kid man <laughs> um and uh they had no answer for him they, they you know he would get by people and he and then and then just okay if the guys coming over I'll kick it out or I'll try to go finish you know he finished with uh with 12 points he had the 11 assists um uh, you know you know the 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 guys around him Tate like you mentioned the 24 Victor Sanders had four threes um Twenty. Well, first of all, first of all, congratulations um, to Antwerp for. I know they're two and one, but this is their. This was their first ever BCL home game. Um, just the fact that they, that they got, this is really cool. You know, last year they, they, they just missed going into the, into the regular season. They lost to Rosa Radom in the, in the third qualifying round, had to go through all three this year. They went through all three qualified their first two games were on the road. So this was their first home game of the season, you know, thrilling game, fantastic. And, um, And another another thing to note, um, and and actually I'll I'll shout out to to Igor Djurkovic's column help side. Nobody on this on this team is uh, older than twenty seven years old. So you know this is a team that uh, you know Paris Lee, you know uh, agreed to a a contract for next season as well. So obviously there there seems to be a a, a cool feeling in the in the uh, in the team. Great game. You mentioned it. Um and uh but just, you know, congratulations to Enverp. You know, it's it's cool that uh, that this team is uh um is is playing home B C L games and, and and uh and grab a victory to, to go two and one and, and throw a whole new dynamic in this group. You know, I don't think many people maybe have, have would have thought that uh, you know they'd be two and one. Um Uh, especially looking at Hoppel being their first home game and being two and one. So they would have stolen a game on the road. So uh, good, good stuff.
0: Yeah. Really impressive win for Antwerp. And uh, that's going to be an incredibly fun game going back to Jerusalem for the second leg. Uh, We know they have a great fan atmosphere there in Jerusalem. So that should be another really fun high scoring game. uh, When that, when the second leg of that rolls around, Looking elsewhere in this group, another close game between two really talented teams – Defending champions, Ike Athens, took down Broza Bomberg, 93-86. Xavier rathan Mays was fantastic for Ike. He had 24 points, 6 assists, and uh, was potentially deserving of a team of the week spot, but a lot of other great performances there bumped him out of that. Howard St. Ruse was great. He played phenomenal defense on Tyrese Rice. He did a good job of leaking out in transition for dunks. Malcolm Griffin and Yanulis Laranzakis both had 14. Jonas Machulis had 8 points, including 5. Five really clutch points in the fourth quarter when Bomberg cut it to five or six and I thought Vince Hunter, Tyler Robertson did uh, did some great work inside so a balanced uh, balanced team effort from Ike uh, Dave, Bomberg not quite as good in this one uh, what did you think about Luka Bonke uh, getting some revenge against his former club
1: uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, um, first of all, I'm not, and, 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 and sorry to Ike fans. I'm really not sold on this team yet. Um, uh, uh, you know, they, they, I can't remember. I think what, actually Nimberg, wasn't it? Nimberg had a really good look or, or like had a really good look. To, and then the game went to overtime. Um, you know, this Nimbark, game. Yeah, yeah Nimburg And, um, you know, they, uh, Bomberg was not playing, uh, Nikos Zizas didn't play and um and Tyrese Rice sort of took a, a a swipe to the face in the first minute of the fourth quarter and um and then he actually took himself out of the game and never came back in um I didn't see any of the reports from the Bomberg uh, media at all um as far as the extent of it but he never came back in so you had Daniel Schmidt you know um Coming and basically being the lead point guard, this was only a five-point game, six-point game um, with 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 six minutes left, uh, and then you had three straight turnovers from Daniel Schmidt, and that was and that basically decided the, the 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 ball game. But to 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 if you're Bomberg, you're not totally disappointed with what what actually happened, knowing that you played you know without Cezus, and then obviously we we've been talking the first two weeks that you know fourth quarter is Tyrese Rice time. And you know he he took that swipe to the face and 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 wasn't able to play in the fourth quarter and do his fourth quarter things. You know he had he had uh, eight turnovers in 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 the in the first three quarters. Um, he also had some nice play by some of the their youngsters. You know there was a Kolboka Alinda Linda uh, layup. Um, you know there was a, a you know McDowell White came in and played. So it's a loss uh, for for Bomberg, but it's sort of an understandable loss. It's a game on the road. Um, and, and again, you know, against, uh, sorry, Ike fans, but I'm, I'm still not sold on this team. I love, I love Russo. I love some of these guys, um, uh, but I'm still not there yet. Um, I, 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 I give the team, I give the club, you know, um, uh, a chance to win, to win me over, but I, I always find reasons, um, to go the other way and say, maybe that might be why they could have lost or it could have won.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I, th- I think I'm probably a little bit more encouraged, uh, by this performance than you were. But that's understandable. You know, this is, uh, this is a team that lost a lot of key pieces from last year. They still have to work some of the new guys in. So we'll see how they perform over the next few weeks as they're able to build a little more chemistry and cohesion with the new pieces. For Bomberg, um, I agree that Arnoldus Kolboka was one of the bright spots for them. Uh, he hit their first three pointer of the game about, with about two minutes left in the second quarter. And then that really got him going, uh, to start the third quarter. He had a nice play where he attacked a closeout from the three point line and got a layup at the rim. And then he caught fire. He hit three three pointers in the second half after that, finished with 16 points for the game. Cliff Alexander had 14 and five for Bomberg. He did a great job kind of tipping in some missed shots and being an alley-oop threat. And Augustine Rubit was incredible. Uh, 20 points, 9 of 10 from the field, and he's really one of my favorite players to watch in the competition. Just kind of a no-nonsense, no-frills big guy, just goes out there, gets the job done. Very skilled, very efficient from the field, versatile scorer. So a good game from Rubit. Uh, but like you said, with Rice uh, missing some time with that injury, uh, getting hit in the face, and, and with Zizis not being able to make the trip, just a tough situation for this Bomberg team uh, to overcome, and they weren't able to get it done this week. Looking elsewhere in this group, the lone undefeated team Montiquet-Fuayne-Labrata, they moved to 3-0 and after beating Dijon 87-85 to on the road in France. Uh, Dave, what do you think about this Fuayne-Labrata team?
1: This is this was an important
0: victory. This was their first the
1: you know they they played on the uh they they obviously had a new coach with uh, Nestor Garcia coming back. Um you know he's uh, Argentinian uh coached the team last year 17-17 record, you know just missed the playoffs and then uh I saw that that you know there was um um economic family issues why he decided to not come back and then you know they 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 they, they, they pulled out uh, Yulba right right away after after the the huge loss, and brought back uh, Gar- uh, Garcia Garcia if you don't know Garcia is the Argentinian coach who coached Venezuela to the to the 2015 America Cup champion. Um, you know, beating Canada in the, in the semifinals and then, uh, to go to the Olympics for the first time since 92 and then, and then winning against Argentina in the final for, for their first ever America. So he's back and, you know, we talked, we've, we've talked about the, the, the weapons that this Wynn team have and, and, and they're still there. You know, they, they beat, they beat, uh, they beat Bamberg in Bamberg. Um, it, it's just, you know, you look at that 50 point loss in the league and, and, and everything that, that put everything, you know, that, 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 uh, that just put everything into turmoil. And, and, and so now Nestor, you know, Nestor Garcia is back and trying to, uh, calm things down. And, and, and it's a, it's just a big one to win because they were up by 14, um, and, and it, it got down, uh, to have to be decided um on two free throws by on a free throw by zanna and actually arnold had a good good look to actually win this game i don't know why he took the three instead of going to tie the game um but so yeah important victory by by fuen Labrada. and you know we talked about all these big teams um but you know they're the ones that are on top right now so you know and 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 maybe now things have been quieted down you know having the coach back from last year so
0: yeah, interesting situation there in Fuenlabrada, and as you said, a very critical win for them because next week they host Hapoel Jerusalem and their really potent offense. And of course, Jerusalem are going to be really motivated to get a victory after losing on the road at Antwerp in round three. So definitely check out that one next week. The last game of this round, Lit Cabellas got their first win of the season, taking down Nimberg ninety-seven to eighty-six. Uh, Dave, any, any thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't really have too much. I didn't, I didn't really watch this one. It was a 12 point lead after two quarters. And then just, uh, but just the last thing from my end on this group, um, you, you, you look at, uh, you look at the, the, the plus minus and it, that just shows you how close this, this group is. Fuenlabrada with plus 15 and then you go Jerusalem plus six, Antwerp plus four, Ike plus four, Brosabomberg. Plus one, Dijon zero. So all of these games are super tight. So it's gonna this group is gonna be so, so much fun to watch over the course of the season.
0: Little mid-range jump shot. Here comes Lapornick back the other way. Chase down blocked by M Here comes punter back the other way. A little push off and he gets the- And the last group, Group D is an interesting one with three teams at three and O. At the top, we got Virtus Bologna, Sig Strasbourg, and Prometheus. Probably the surprise of the group, uh, is at three and O with them. Neptunus, Ustende, and Besiktas are all at one and two. And then at the bottom of the group, we got Bayreuth and Petrol Olympia. Both of those teams are O and three. Uh, Dave, what are kind of your overarching thoughts on Group D?
1: You said the surprise of the group. I'm going to go as far as say as the surprise of the season so far. They have two road wins. Prometheus do so. I'd I'd say they're the surprise, positive surprise of the of the tournament so far. Bayreuth, uh you know, Bayreuth and Besiktas. You you, know, you ask you ask um, most most people uh, before the season after six games combined if they'd have. One victory, and most people would have been pretty shocked. Um, and and there you have it. Uh, but you know, um, Bologna doing fantastically, and and then you know, I really like this this uh, Strasbourg team. And but we'll talk about that. So, but I would say surprise of the of the season so far with Prometheus being three and zero with two road victories.
0: Yeah, great defensive effort from Prometheus in that game. They forced 23 Bayreuth turnovers. 16 of those were steals. Uh, that was a high for the league for the season. And, you know, turnovers are bad enough on their own. If you throw the ball out of bounds or commit an offensive foul, obviously that's bad enough, but giving up steals is even worse because that means the other team is getting transition opportunities, easy buckets going the other way. And, uh, and Prometheus were able to do that as they took down Bayreuth 75 to 70 on the road and Dave Germany 0 and 4 in the BCL this week uh what's up with uh with your German clubs yeah mm-hmm. and
1: and this was you know it was a close one but you know uh they by it was actually down by by 16 and um Prometheus ended up you know holding holding him off um shout out to to Leonidas Casalakis uh, uh, 17 points. Hit uh, two big threes in the fourth. A layup with uh with a minute ten, and then also two free throws with 19 seconds left. Uh, um, Kasalak has always had a place in my heart because he was part of that that magical uh, youth Greek generation with Slukas and and Papa, uh, Papa Nikolaou. You know, obviously those guys um you know received all the praise and 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 won all these you know huge uh titles and Kasalakis was always there as as just sort of a glue guy and it's cool watching him and as as a as a leader um and uh and really showing that that generation really was fantastic he just he he, he never really made the jump but he's he's definitely getting there now so it was cool to see them and you know by right you know it's um yeah, you go down by 16 points at home and okay, you made it close at the end, but you know, this is another team very similar to to um to Ludwigsburg and, and there's still a lot of work to be done.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. A lot of work to be done for 0 3 Bayreuth. Besiktas uh, in a slightly better position at 1-2, and two, but they lost again this week, losing at home 71-78 to Strasbourg. We mentioned it at the top of the show, Yusafa Fall made his BCL debut for Strasbourg and uh, made the team of the week with 17 points, 10 rebounds, uh, altered some shots around the rim. Uh, Dave, what, what do you think about Fall adding another element to an already dangerous Strasbourg team?
1: And it's a strasbourg team that I know listeners know that that I really like um and uh you know they even tried uh Collet even had uh fall and and um Traore on the court together in the in the fourth quarter at the beginning Benzing started taking Traore to the basket and then uh and then uh, Cole said, all right this ain't gonna work and then brought in uh Petrus. um but um yeah I mean just you saw you saw you know an emergency you know a guy can't you know the 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 inbound can't you know they can't find the can't get it to the guard they'll just throw it up and 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 nobody's seven three and and he'll just grab it and um or you can just throw it near the basket and he's just so much taller longer than everybody else so yeah it's huge it's a huge uh, uh kick for this team and um this is not a fast team. If you're looking for up and down, you know, back and forth, don't watch Strasburg games. They, and, um, and he's another, um, he's another guy that just not very fast. You know, they had, they had him, they had Trey, they had, um, Collins, um, Green, and I can't remember the other guys. So there's like no speed on the, on the, on the court at that, uh, for them. But, uh, yeah, Strasburg, you know, another road victory, three and oh, so.
0: Yeah, another game where Strasbourg's veteran presence uh really helped them get the win. And an unusual stat from this game, Besiktas only committed 7 turnovers, and I think anytime you look at the stat sheet and uh you know, if if you if you thought you only had 7 turnovers, you would probably think that you also got the win, but instead Besiktas 7 point loss at home. Looking at another close game in this group, Ostende picking up their first win of the season, beating Neptunus 91 to 89. Dave, this is a Neptunus team that we both really like, but they weren't able to get the job done this week.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, they came back as well, you know, on the road. They were down by 14 late in the third, actually took the, took the lead in the fourth. Um, but, you know, just a, a huge end of the game uh, for Mark John uh, Vemba, um, you know, Put the put the offensive rebound back uh, with 33 seconds. Had the steal and then the tough layup with 3.5 uh, with um, with 3.5 seconds left. Then, but you know, you look at the other end and you know, Grant he only had nine points. Um and uh, um, he scored 26 and he had five threes, but he also had five turnovers, including two huge turnovers in the last whatever five seconds. Um. Uh, lost the ball to 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 Memba for the steal to basically win the game, and then there was there was I think 3.5 seconds left. They had inbounds, uh, and and he threw it the backcourt, and that was uh, uh, out of bounds, and that was the game. So. As good as uh, Dalenakaitis played, you know, had the had the the two crucial turnovers down the stretch, and you know it would have been cool for Neptunus to come back and 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 reward themselves for for the victory after coming back from that big deficit. But you know, you know, congrats to Ostend for getting their first victory.
0: Yeah, congratulations to them. And that's been a common theme throughout the first few rounds of the season is that late turnovers will absolutely kill you. And uh, that's what happened to Neptunus in this game. They very easily could have come out with a 2-1 and record, but those late mistakes really hurt them. Uh, looking at a team where turnovers have not been much of an issue at all, Virtus Bologna uh, on top of the group at 3-0, and and this week they absolutely crushed Petrol Olympia 92-61 to on the road. Uh, Dave, there was uh, probably never really much of a shot for Olympia in this one, was there?
1: No, no, not really. I I didn't, it, it was, um, it was a 19 point lead at half. I didn't, I didn't watch this one, uh, really at all. I just kind of looked at the stats. I'll admit that, um, five double, five players in double digits, uh, 52% three, uh, field goal percentage for, uh, for, for Bologna nine turnovers. Just really quick, the other end, um, I actually might go back and look at it just because, you know, Isof Sano, the, the, the Ukrainian talent, um, had four points, nine rebounds, five assists. Uh, did have five four turnovers but two steals in twenty minutes, so I might go back and see um you know obviously just had the ball a lot and was doing a lot of things also you know bad you know with turnovers whatever but um the one 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 note i wanna i wanna i want to uh to mention on this one um kevin punter uh he three games this season he has zero turnovers so far in the league um and if you in his last five games he doesn't have a turnover he didn't have a turnover in the final four last year for for the champions ike and you look back over the 243 minutes of the last 10 games in the bcl that includes the last regular season game 10 games 243 minutes he has four turnovers
0: yeah, incredible stuff from punter. And he's also ninth in the league in scoring at eighteen point seven points per game. And of course, he was the scoring champ last season. So, we know that dude can go get buckets. Uh, and this Bologna team is just loaded overall. They have a ton of weapons with Tony Taylor at point guard, Pietro Erdori at the two. Uh, and Bai had a really strong game at the wing. They got Kravich and Quale and, uh, ba- banging around inside. So this is a really, uh, really dangerous Bologna team. And Italy overall has been fantastic between Bologna and... Avellino and Venezia, the three Italian teams in the BCL, are 9-0 to start the season. So incredible stuff uh, from the Italian teams. That's going to do it uh, for our group-by-group breakdowns. Next up, we got Javi Beyron, small forward from Ibero Star Tenerife, joining us. He's going to talk about Tenerife's 3-0 start and their championship aspirations this season. Dave and I will uh, catch you on the other side of the interview to wrap things up and preview what should be an awesome round four of BCL action.
2: San Miguel,
0: drift pass is available. Bayron,
2: a little bit too unselfish. Some good
0: ball movement here. Abramaitis for three yet
2: again for the top of the key this time. And as the buzzer sounds, Tenerife comes away with a 23-point victory over Fribourg Olympique, 91
1: 91-68. Okay, so on the show this week, we have uh, Javi Behran. Uh Javi, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks.
2: Thanks for, for having me.
1: Um, Tenerife is uh, playing some great basketball right now, 3-0 and after three games in the Basketball Champions League. Uh, how do you think your team is playing right now?
2: Well, um, I think we are doing a very good job, but it is just the beginning, and we have to keep working as a team. We have to be like strong during, during this first group, but also, and the most important, during the playoff times. To be able to be in the final for again, like two years ago.
1: The the team right now uh, through three games is averaging twenty seven point seven assists and just twelve point three turnovers. Uh, what makes this Tenerife such a good team? Uh, you know, sharing the ball.
2: Well, uh, we we always try to have in our minds the extra pass. Uh, defense and serve the ball are our goals or, or keys we know we are so much better when we play like a team and everybody gives something to the to the group
0: Hey Javi, uh, so Tenerife won the BCL title in 2017 but unfortunately you missed the second half of the season with a torn ACL uh, what were your feelings about seeing your teammates win the trophy but not being able to play with them?
2: Well, that second part of the year was very, very hard for me. It Was the first serious injury I have ever had, and during those months, the team showed me that I kept being part of the group, that was so important for me. And when we, uh, when we won the Basketball Champions League, uh, even if, uh, I was not able to play. Uh, I, I tried to support them like crazy from the bench, and I feel completely excited, even uh, I, I can, uh, I couldn't play.
0: Yeah, so now uh, now Coach Vidareta he left last season, but he's back with Tenerife. Uh, how happy were you about him returning to the club?
2: Uh, for me, it was a a very good news his return. Uh, he showed me his confidence to me, and I think we have a, a good feeling when we are when we are playing and practicing.
1: You guys uh, not only have uh, Coach Vidareta back, but actually quite a f- you know there's quite a few players from that champions um from that championship team in 2017 are there with you uh, how is this team similar to the one from
2: 2016-17 well i think we, we try we try to have the same idea the same philosophy logically uh, half of the team is different is new i think we have six players that we are repeating from two years ago and six are new but uh, our fight, our spirit, and, and our pride has, uh, have to be or appear in every game that we play. That's our like how, how we have to play.
0: Yeah, Javi, and some of the new guys uh, like McFadden, like Sebastian Saiz, uh, what do they add to the team?
2: Well, I think they're really important in, in our roster uh, because they give us energy, they give us fight and new blood. Like new players coming is always important, but I think the most important point is that there are good teammates who made our group better or the group better.
0: Yeah. And in Tenerife, you have an interesting home court advantage because uh, the island is so far away from the rest of Europe. Uh, Does it feel like you have a, a big home court advantage in Tenerife?
2: Well, we play uh, we feel so good when we play at home. Uh, we always talk. Uh, we always heard on the media that teams said we are so far from any city or in Europe or any country. Uh, we know the flights are long. Uh, we live in another in another place, so much different than the other games that we have during the season. But for us, it's the same when we have to play there. We have long trips, uh, normally like five, six days away of our uh, house because we play in the Spanish National League and then we have the Basketball Champions League game. And we, we, we're used to that. So I think uh, it's the same advantage or disadvantage for, for both teams.
0: Yeah, and many people, including myself, think uh, Tenerife is a contender for this season's championship. What do you think, uh, or why do you think your team can win the 2019 BCL trophy?
2: Well, I think we are one of the favorite teams to be in the Final Four. Uh, It's hard to say win the the, the trophy, but be in the Final Four because we have the sprints from two years ago that we won the Cup. And we have still in our minds our bad game against Murcia last year, that we won first in in their court in their home court, and then we lost by more than eleven, I think, in at home. So all that things make us to want even harder be in the final four again and try to win the the cup.
1: after missing the 2017, uh, the end of the season, um, how motivated are you um, to help? Tenerife get back to the final four and then maybe win a title again after missing and not being able to play um, and actually you know get on the court and, and help the team this time.
2: Yes, I'm so motivated. I start the season full of energy without pain. That is important after that that injury. I'm feeling really good. Uh, my goals are help this, help the team as much as possible to be at the Final Four again, and I hope I could also improve my game during the season. So that makes me happy, and I think that helps the team too. Yeah, and Javi,
0: you graduated in business administration and also journalism. Uh, you like writing, poetry, music, photography. What would you be doing if, if you weren't playing basketball? Uh, would you ever be a journalist and maybe cover the BCL? <laughs>
2: Well, I haven't finished journalist yet. I have one year left. I hope I can finish this year. That's my my goal. Uh, So I have both degrees completely. As you say, I have a lot of of hobbies, but I don't know yet what I'm going to do in the future. Um, If I wouldn't have played basketball, I think uh, I had been a businessman or biologist because that was one of the subjects that I love more in the school. Uh, well, I hope you guys open the doors for me in case I want to work <laughs> for the BCS. Yeah, we need to. Be... You have a space there, or... you have a space there or not?
1: Yeah, we need to be careful that you don't take our jobs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, There's a space for everybody.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Javi, your your father to close off. Then uh, your father Jose obviously was a was a great player. Won the silver medal at the uh, 19. Uh, 84 Olympics with Spain, and then won the European Champions Cup in 1980 with Real Madrid. You know, over the career, his career, you know, he's played with so many great players in the European basketball brawl bender. Uh, Serbia, Cor- Corbalan, Epi, uh, Martin. Um, maybe just some of your favorite stories growing up, because you probably didn't watch him very much. But just maybe some of your favorite stories about his uh, about your father's playing career.
2: Yeah, he told me uh, a lot of stories, but I think the the silver medal and all the things related with the Olympic Games are my favorite because it was an. First of all, the the, the silver medal is amazing. Uh, I love to 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 see it, no, or to have it. But it was an incredible moment for the country, uh, for the Spanish, and for the Spanish basketball. Uh, playing against John Michael Jordan in in L.A., I think it's... Is, is amazing and he also played with the best players in europe at at that moment you no know? like as you say davender serviak, epi martin the best players that also petrovic uh, uh, some games um, for me like this year i played for for the first time with the national team and it was an incredible moment but i uh, i think i still dream to be at the olympic games like my father because all the things i can with it and watch it uh, are amazing for me
1: who knows maybe even the world cup next ne- next summer uh, now that you've already made your debut in the senior national team
2: yeah i hope now we are trying we need one more win to be in the in, in that world world cup so i, I hope i can still playing good this year to to have an option to be in the roster
1: that comes up the next window in november and december until then uh, we'll see if if uh, if you can make the uh, the roster uh, for Coach uh, Scariola. Uh, but until then, we're going to enjoy watching you play for uh, Star uh, Tenerife. Um, Javi, uh, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate your time. And uh, good luck. And uh, stay healthy.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure for me to uh, talk uh, with you guys and try to talk about my team, my feelings, and, and all the things related with Star Tenerife and Basketball Champions League. Thank you so
0: much. All right. Thanks again to Javi Bayron from Tenerife for joining us this week. Uh, Dave, a lot of interesting things there. What did you think about what he said with the travel uh, coming from Tenerife?
1: We, we heard about it last week with Bonvit. You know how that's always a, a place that, you know, that uh, opposing teams don't necessarily want to play, um, you know, this is a long trip, and uh, you know, you look at of the of the the top three longest distances for 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 uh, BCL games. Tenerife has two of them when they go uh, to Holon and also to to, to Pauk, um, and they will travel the most in the, which is really not a surprise. But just to give you an idea, they will travel the most in the BCL. With uh with forty eight thousand seven hundred kilometers, forty eight thousand seven hundred. The next is is Jerusalem, with thirty eight thousand six hundred kilometers. So basically, twelve thousand kilometers more uh, over the course of the BCL. So there is the home court advantage, but then it's it's at the at the other end you're you're going so far. But uh, I heard plenty of saying that that it's it's hard to to, to go out there plus basketball is a, is a, is a, is a winter sport and you're going out there and you're, you know, it's, Elan land and it's sunny and everything else. And so never been to Tenerife. I would love to go, but, um, uh, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's a fascinating, um, dynamic in European basketball having Tenerife out there. Also Grand Canary out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it, he also, the fact that, you know, Um, they, they, they bring back, you know, the, the, the stability and, and, you know, wanting to have the same mentality as they did two seasons ago. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough to beat these guys, uh, uh, over the course of a, of a playoff, given if given they get to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, this Tenerife team are going to be tough to beat no matter where you are. Uh, but they are on the road again this next week. They're going to be at Venezia. We mentioned this earlier. Battle of the two and 3-0 teams in the group. Uh, this is, game is on Wednesday night, uh, one of the late ones. And this is probably going to be the game of the week. I highly recommend checking out Venezia versus Tenerife if you can. Uh, watch that on livebasketball.tv. Dave, that game's on Wednesday. Uh, looking at next week's schedule for Tuesday, uh, do any games jump out to you as particularly interesting from Tuesday's slate?
1: You mentioned it before uh, with Mercia and uh, Alvalino. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, – I think that should be a, a fantastic battle uh, in, in Group A. And um, also, you know, I think I think alone, uh Opova uh, – you know, Halone if they can grab that victory and uh and to get the separation then from from uh from at least one team uh it's at home, Opova see if what they can do on the road. Uh so that that's another game I kind of looking and seeing what happens. Um I would expect that Halone can win, but you know, it, it, they're kind of in a, an important part right now to maybe get that separation. Um, and also to get fur- even further ahead of Bonn, You know, right now that Bonn is, uh, is is one and two. So maybe that might be a good game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And definitely check out that Murcia versus Avellino game on Tuesday. That one's going to be amazing. That's another matchup of three and no teams. Norris Cole, MVP two out of three weeks this season. He's going to be going up against Charlene Clue for Murcia. That should be an awesome matchup. So definitely check that out. On Wednesday, there's a lot of good games, starting it off with Neptunus versus Strasbourg. Then we got Prometheus trying to move to 4-0 against Besiktas. uh, Venezia versus Tenerife later in the day. Should be an awesome day of games. Uh, Dave, what are you going to be watching on Wednesday?
1: You mentioned all of them, man. I mean, all those, you know, Fuenlabrada, Jerusalem, Venice, Venicia, um, Tenerife, um, Prometheus. Can they go to 4-0 and can, can they keep uh, Besiktas reeling? Uh what about Banvit and uh Banvit at home against Nijni? you know is, is is Kendrick Perry back is uh is he back uh can they get back on track um you know you don't want to uh uh to lose too much ground you know they're they're in that that's you know the soup of one and two teams in group uh group A is 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 Nizhny and you know Banvit would love to get that separation so yeah I think Wednesday is just absolutely packed
0: yeah, it's going to be an amazing day of basketball, and you can watch all of those games on livebasketball.tv. You can watch them live or on demand. So if you want to go back and watch some of the best games from the round, like the ones that we were just talking about, like Avellino beating Anvil or Antwerp beating Hapoel Jerusalem, you can go to livebasketball.tv and watch those. Also be sure to follow the Champions League at Basketball CL on the various social platforms Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. You can watch all the latest highlights on the Champions League YouTube page and make sure to visit uh, championsleague.basketball to read all of the latest articles, power rankings, Igor's help side column, all of the great stuff that we have going up on the website. That's championsleague.basketball. And also go download the Basketball Champions League app. It's a great way to follow all of the action on game day. You'll get notifications when games go to the fourth quarter, things like that. So it's a great way to keep up with everything as it's happening. That's going to do it for the show this week. Thanks again to Javi Bayron for joining us. Thanks again to Dave over in Germany. My name is Austin Green. This has been BCL Coast to Coast, and we'll catch you next week.